Hi, this is Jordan Shively. And I'm Brock Wilbur. And you're listening to Caring Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and then we try to find the silver lining or flip it into something that, while possibly not positive, will at least be productive. And today we have a pretty special episode because we have Ian Carlos with us. Hey, Ian. Hi. Thanks for having me. Ian, thank you so much for being here. Ian's a writer, and you you have a podcast, award-winning podcast, Slayer Fest 98. Uh, no awards, but thank you. Um, yes, I did. won a potty. <laughs> I'm, not... I'm sure somebody's told me it won a potty. We've also won a potty, I've heard. Ian, had you not got the little <laughs> macrame awards I've been sending you? <laughs> oh, I think you might have been sending them to my old New York address. Oh, dang it. Every, <laughs> every single episode, I'm like, oh, this is my theme. I'm going to make it with macaroni. The person in your old address Cook is definitely me, getting a lot of teeth in the mail, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> I would never it's give fine, away that the old... precious teeth. <laughs> the, entire time I, the entire time I lived in that apartment, whoever the old tenant was had a, a subscription to The New Yorker, and it came all the time. The entire time I lived there, I got a free copy of The New Yorker. Well, that's fucking I think right. I only read it like twice, though. And, uh, yes, but you, put, but you had a nice and... stack of it on your coffee table, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. To look really cool. In one of my old uh, L.A. apartments, uh, I kept getting the previous uh, tenants' paychecks. Uh, and I was like, God, oh. I've got like four weeks of paychecks here. And I, I looked them up on Facebook. And I was like, hey, you don't know me. I live in the place you used to live in. I feel like I have a month of your income sitting here and, and no one's coming to get it. Uh, can I just like bring it to you if you're still in L.A.? And she's like, oh, my God, thanks. Here's, here's my address. And it was all the way out on, on like the west side of town. I drove out there. And as soon as I pulled up to her place... Uh, one of my best friends from comedy, uh, a guy named Asterios Kokonos, came running up to the car with a bottle of champagne and gave it to me. Uh, it was his new girlfriend who had moved in with him. So of all the people in Los Angeles, he <laughs> just wound up being a friend of mine's new girlfriend. Uh, so. And they were like, That's we were so about weird. to be on the street. We didn't know what was going on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or they're one of those people who Inver can do without a month of income. That was my first thought, and I was like, good for them. They can be on the west side now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I would be one of those people that just, like, be freaking out, but not be doing the correct things to get the paycheck. I don't, I'd be like, oh, my God, I haven't been paid. And I'd send, like, very stupid emails like, hey, sorry to bother you, but I haven't gotten paid yet. And the freelance people would just ignore me. <laughs> oh, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened before. I mean, the paychecks weren't lost. They just hadn't paid me. And I would just send, like, very overly polite emails being like, so sorry to bother you. It has been seven months since you paid me. It, Perchance you might you have. the sad freelancer stories till the end of the podcast, but I guess we can all start <laughs> going around the circle right now. <laughs> sorry for jumping the gun. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's plenty to go around. But that brings us to what are you going to talk about today, Ian? Um, I kind of wanted to talk about how... There are, actually, I'm not sure anymore, but back in the day, my home state of New Jersey is fairly famous slash infamous for having a lot of weird spots, as there is a magazine called Weird New Jersey that's all about all of the, like, very weird slash haunted slash urban legend-y type places around the state. And my friends and I used to be obsessed with Weird New Jersey, and we would go visit 
like friends that didn't even read it. Like my friends and I would read it and then we'd like plan for the weekend to go visit the places they mentioned. Um, and it's weird to say like, I don't really get scared at horror movies, but like going to these abandoned places would scare the shit out of me. Well, there's no like MPAA okay. rating system for what's going to happen in an abandoned building. Like uh, the, <laughs> right. the movie can tell you it's PG-13. They're going to sneak one fuck in there. Uh, but like a, a, a haunted hospital isn't going to let you know, like you're actually going to cut yourself on a rusty nail and die. Like there's a lot <laughs> of things that you can't see coming here. But most importantly, <laughs> the most important question about this thing is, did you have matching jackets? Because <laughs> this is like an occult club, right? Like a like a Encyclopedia Brown and investigating club. So you did you have jackets or shirts? Well, weren't you guys called the Jersey like, Boys? Oh, team. Is, is that not what the Jersey <laughs> Boys is about? Uh, I wish it was that cool. It was just a bunch of like. I don't know, like, queer 20-year-olds and, like, straight ladies being like, let's go to this place we read about and us, like, being absolutely terrified. Okay. Usually someone backed out. But I would watch that show. Yeah, I would watch that show. Or, that or read that book series. Why don't you series. understand your sellability here? Ian, I think this is your next book pitch. <laughs> Coming of well, age, like queer story the... set in haunted, abandoned buildings. I mean, most of the time it would just be like, I mean, nothing scary really happened other than like running into the police or running into other people that were, you know, touring this abandoned place and being scared because it was like, what's that? And seeing people and assuming they were ghosts or murderers and it just being like other teens or 20 year olds who were also looking around oh that's so weird that you would guys it would hit like a, ma a mass point where like everyone was actually just trying to go look at all the weird stuff and that became the weirder part <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i think if dave eggers can make a career of it of having nothing happen in his novels you could do jesus christ <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> god um but so yeah one of the I always remember one time, so there was a place that was, like, closer. A lot of the places would be, like, about, like, an hour away. There was a place that actually was, like, only 20 minutes away, and that was a place, <laughs> this sounds stupid to say, but we went there fairly often. Um, it was, and I, I tried looking up the names of the places for this podcast, but, of course, like, just Googling abandoned place in New Jersey, that wasn't really helpful. Um, but it was nearby, I don't even remember what town it was in, but it was, like, an institution where it had just been abandoned, but they built the new one. Like, there was some trees, and then there was the new one. And the abandoned one, like, you could see from the street and see from the parking lot of the new one. Oh, they just God. kind of left it there. Right? Doesn't that feel like a setup for, like, a horror movie? 100%. Like, like people are like, what place? That place burned down five and years ago. And the old one, because it was, you know, old, it had, like, a church attached to it. And it was, like, a weird... And there was, like, a weird hallway connecting the building to the church. So it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was so, so. You're you're saying it sat there, sinking in, getting like feelings of abandonment, res resenting the new building. <laughs> yeah, I could see the new one. I could see the new hotter <laughs> partner. Uh, yeah, and that place actually twice we ran into other people there, and like the first time it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> 
because like you know you're not expecting other people to be in this creepy abandoned place and i just remember like my first thought was oh my god we're being murdered like we're gonna get killed (laughs) and they were just like just as scared as us and then one time when we went with a friend who like hadn't gone with us she got really scared and i'd been there like a thousand times at that point so i was like do you want me to wait outside with you she was like yeah will you like hold my hand and wait outside with me and i was like yeah yeah apparently our group had run into these teenagers and they freaked out and ran outside the building, but they had flashlights, which always felt like a bad idea. Um, they had flashlights and they like shined them in our faces and screamed when they got out. And it was just like me and my friend and I was holding her hand standing outside the building. And they were like, oh my God, are you the police? I was like, no, do I look like the police? I'm and they were like, well, what are you doing here? Girlfriend, Mrs. Police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am Mr. Straight Policeman. And, <laughs> and I was just like, they were like, well, what are you doing here? And I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they were like, oh, okay. Drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that was kind of like the craziest thing that happened. Like once we went to a farm that was like an hour and a half away. So you were was... trying to die. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like in the horror movie. We're like, what the fuck would these people be doing that for? I was those people. Uh, yeah. We went to this like farmhouse where like they had this this scared me the most. They, it was like a farmhouse that had burnt down, and like the fam like the rumor was the family had died when it burnt down, and it was like mysterious reasons. So the house was like right in front of I don't even know what you would call. It. I think it was just a barn, but it had like it was very specific to like chickens. So it had little like <laughs> runways for the chickens to like you know meander and stuff. And the house had half burnt down. So half of the house was there, and it was, like, very weird. So it was just, like, you could see the staircase and the upstairs. Uh, And it was, like, very creepy looking. And it was in the middle of nowhere. And to get into the barn, because everything was abandoned, to get into the barn, you had to walk through the chicken coop and crawl and put your head through the little, like, doorway that chickens went through. And I just remember thinking, like, this is where I get beheaded because that's what would happen in, like, any horror movie. Like, oh, no big deal. You crawl through this, like, tiny fucking space and you'll be fine, and you get stuck, and your head gets chopped off. Clearly, my head did not get chopped off, but I remember being, I was, like, with my boyfriend at the time, and I was like, I'm not going in, I'm not going in. He was like, okay, I'll stay with you. And then I was more scared waiting outside, so I was like, no, we're both very gay, we're going to get murdered, let's go inside. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have a question. Was the hallway between the church and the abandoned hospital, would it have, like, the glass windows on each side of the hallway? No, it would, the hallway... The hallway just looked like a hallway in the, like, place. It okay, wasn't... Those, those, that's the classic ghost one where you're walking by and then right. outside the window you see the other ghost. <laughs> I think I'm now stuck on the idea of you standing outside because it's scarier than going in because you're gay. And then it's like, I, look, there's, there can always be a final girl. There's never a final gay. We have to get into the house right now. It doesn't, it doesn't end outside here. <laughs> right? <laughs> See, I'd watch plenty of horror movies to think it through and be very anxious about all of it. <laughs> we Listen, I know the truth. We once went we once went to the two other places I went to, there was one place in uh Pennsylvania, like right outside of Philly. I think it was like two hours away. I think that place is still there because I did Google it and it's called Viberry. <clears throat> Me and my best friend were both too scared, but you also you had a park at a hotel. Because apparently it was, like, very heavily secured because it was, like, a mile-long, like, compound. But you had to cross a weird lake. 
And my friend, she was just like, I'm not getting, I'm not doing that. I'm not like stepping in water and walking around this creepy place soaking wet because it would like go up to your waist. So it was like crossable, but you would be soaked. And I was so scared that we went back to that hotel and just sat in the lobby while our friends went through and then they came and got us when they were done. <laughs> Lake to compound is, uh, that, never go to a second location. That's, it's just too much happening there. <laughs> Each of these is like a classic abandoned haunted scenario. Right? <laughs> yeah, bur- half burned down barn, <laughs> lake that goes to a compound. Yeah, it was like really like... Th- we were those teens in a horror movie. We were like, no one's this stupid to do this. No one would walk through a lake to go to an abandoned place. <laughs> that's wood. We each get dumber the more people we add. It goes down by 20 yeah. IQ points. Yeah. <laughs> Narrator. In fact, they did. And then there was this place that I, forget, I couldn't remember the name of it, but I know that it's more south in Jersey. It's like southern New Jersey where there's there's still the place there and it's like a compound but across the street apparently from like back in the day was where they like housed AIDS patients because you know back then they didn't know what to do with people who had AIDS and it was these like very very like upsetting and creepy halfway houses they were just like tiny tiny houses that were all abandoned and it was like a fake little town uh, and all of the houses had a bunch of stuff in them. It was, like, very weird. Oh, God. One of them just had, and this is, like, so weird. One of them just had, like, hangers everywhere. Nope, nope, nope. nope like, you nope, walked nope, in. Nope. Right? Yeah, it was, like, really <laughs> weird. It was, like, you walked in. It was a living room, and then you could see the kitchen. And then to the left, there was, like, a bedroom. That's, all the houses looked exactly the same. And they were all, like, pretty intact, right? Because that's not, especially when I went, like, you know, 20 years ago. That wasn't that long. They'd only been abandoned for maybe 20 or 30 years. Um so all the little houses were there, but, like, one of them just had a shit ton of hangers on the floors, on the counter, like, everywhere. Some of them had, like, nothing. One of them had, like, broken statues. Um, you sound like you're describing the Tower of Terror. Like, oh, it looks like everyone here left very quickly. So you could have done, like, the best deviant art photo shoot ever. I know, right? <laughs> I would have... <laughs> you, you would have been on the front page of Zanga immediately they would have front page zanga those pics would have killed on myspace (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but then that one the police came and they like interviewed all of us and insisted they knew we were doing drugs but we were not because we were extremely boring and just literally went to like walk around uh but it was you should have been like oh there's where i left my hangers that's what we came here for i was just (laughs) 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 yeah i i and i also tried to remember i I was, like, looking around. I was like, what What did I take? I took something from one of those houses. I don't even remember what it is. So I've probably been haunted for, like, 20 years. But I remember one of them, I found something on the ground, and I was like, ooh, I'm taking this. Explains a lot. Can you can you tell me the name of that one Amandable. one more time, where that place was? I This one was in Jersey. I don't, the only one, the name I could find that, well, I remembered it anyway, was Byberry. That one's in Pennsylvania. This one was, I want to say it was in, like, Hamilton, New Jersey, but I, I don't know if that helps. I, I'm so, like, horrified by the idea that we had, like, uh, basically I, c- communes or compounds wherein to hide people that had AIDS. Like, that feels like one of those parts of American history that got swept under the rug pretty far. Right. Um, actually, I bet if I, I just realized, I couldn't remember where it was until right now, and I was like, oh, wait, it was Hamilton. 
We can put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, all right. It'll be our first time ever putting something in the show notes. So what do you guys think the reason is that abandoned places are so fascinating? Or why do they hold this somewhat a feeling of power? Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll start. I think that the thing that gives them the power is, is sort of like what made this last story uh, so creepy is that uh, you, you have places like the woods and you have spaces like the bottom of the ocean. You have the unknown uh, but a place where life once existed and then suddenly ceased existing for some reason uh, carries with it the, the sense that, like, certainly not everything could have left because life leaves a trace. Uh, and so something must remain and there must have been some reason. And, like, they're, they're across the Midwest, like, that sort of thing comes from, like, oh, the railroad didn't need to go through that town anymore. And over a period of time, people left, but there's still something around there there's always someone waiting in the shadows just outside of that and that's what for me gives me uh, the the sense of that nothing's ever truly abandoned nothing is ever well things can be abandoned nothing's ever truly empty uh and that's what's so uh fascinating and frightening about abandoned places to me hmm. do you think that maybe some of it is also that in some ways you're walking through the grave of all these what used to be there and so you are walking through like you when you go to a cemetery everything's under the ground you know you see a, a marker but the crypts are closed the caskets are buried but in an abandoned place you're walking through the casket of what used to life that used to be I, there I, I feel like detroit is in a much that thing because going up there i'm always like seeing like an abandoned power plant or like uh, an abandoned factory for something and walking through those is walking through the ghost of like ideas or the go- the ghost of like progress or so yeah that's what i was yeah. thinking about like like you're walking through almost like the shadowy figure of what used to be there and seeing like a, a mirror to the past but a mirror that's all dead hmm. like it's the cicada it's the cicada husk of life. <laughs> what a beautiful I comparison. Want to, I want to apply that to my day job when I walk through the office and just think, like, you know, 20 years from now, this is all just fucking abandoned. <laughs> and somebody's going to be like, wow, people used to live this way. And we'll be like, yeah, we're all dead now, though. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> or maybe you'll still be there. <laughs> I, I kind of think it was just like, I was like 19 and 20 and like that shit was like. The bi- I, I was also important note. Important note is I was straight edge, as were a lot of my friends. Um, hey, bud, how are you? We're amongst <laughs> friends here. <laughs> so, like, I even had like the watch that had the X on it. I was like very into it. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. We are. Uh, but I think it was like, <laughs> oh well, I'm not like, like I mean, I I had friends that like I would go to their parties and they would get drunk and like okay, but for me that just like wasn't my thing. Uh, and I think it was just like a way of getting a thrill. I don't know. Did you also have a Navy gas station attendant jacket? I did not know. <laughs> oh, I thought that was part of the straight edge uniform. Uh, the X watch actually was <laughs> given to me by a straight guy I had a crush on. He was like, oh, I think like, do you want this? I feel like this would look really good with you. And I was like, thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I will keep this forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really think that's what it was. I really... Because, like I said, I would always be scared, so I don't know what the fuck I wanted to do it for, but I really think it was just like, well, this is a thrill, so sure. 
I have to feel something. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> maybe it's because you, you were living in the suburbs at that time. Mm-hmm. Were you? Yeah. So maybe it's like the the reaction to seeking out the antithesis of like that that compacted humanity, you know, like yeah. around you, everything is like full of like flesh and people and just going about their every days. And these places are like the opposite of that. Yeah, that, you know what, I think that probably could be true, because we also used to like to go, there was like a weird park where a building, there was supposed to be like a luxury condo that was supposed to be built, and then it just like, they dug a huge hole and then never did anything, and me and my friends would like go to that park, and like, some of them smoked cigarettes, and we just like, they would smoke their cigarettes, and we'd like play around in this giant ass hole. Just hang out in the hole. Yeah. (laughs) That's why they called us the hole boys. The hole calls us. God, <laughs> Reading call to the hole. The hole knows what we want. There was a sense All right, that we it... can't say hole again, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you have not heard our show. Then, if you think we can't push this to death, uh, the the idea of an abandoned place is also like you're talking about about places that you were like going to to do this. Like, yeah, it, abandoned implies that you are not supposed to go there, and probably in most cases within like civilization at this point, like like you said in your stories, like. There's always like going to be a cop or a security guard that shows up because it's abandoned for a reason, and like right. that has to be there. And uh, there, there's always a sense that you've never been given the story on what it is. Like people left this uh, this town, and a cop went to make sure that no one was in that town. But like any story about it doesn't sound great, uh, and it sounds like if it's if it's that bad, something worse could have happened. Like. Uh, it, it it is it is breaking the foundational laws of civilization to go to a place that civilization has said no to. Yeah, <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah, I yeah I, I really think it was just like my like shitty you know warp tour twenty year old going like mind being like ooh I'm badass now. <laughs> I rolled my eyes at myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No matter what it is, it's a pretty it's always such a fascinating topic. So. There's all different things to look at it from. Jordan, you want to do a carrying into the void for this? <laughs> yeah, let's let's go into that. Here is your carrying into the void moment. You are an echoing expanse. You have dark, cavernous depths. Doors and hallways clogged with rubble. Rooms that have long since fallen into disuse. And at times, it may seem like the only voice you are destined to have is that of others reverberating through your emptiness, temporary blips in the static track of your quiet desolation. But you are more than that, aren't you? There are things mixed into your foundations, boarded up in your supposedly hollow walls that no one knows about, aren't there? And those things, well, they've been growing, seeping beneath the floors, curling themselves through the electrical systems, and slithering through the air ducts, waiting in the deep, in the dark, for the moment when they will emerge. And you? Well, let's just say your structure, your former shell, your supposed crypt, is about to get very unquiet. Jesus Christ. It's weird when you get when you get funny about it at the end. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I feel like you should do ASMR. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was, I was like, mm. how do you get into ASMR? Do you just like one day you're like someone walks by you and goes, oh, when you're like just talking or something? I feel how like do you discover that that you're an ASMRer. 
I feel like you post videos online and then someone's like, ooh, you're good at this. There's a microphone that keeps coming up uh, as huh? a for sale item uh, in an ad that's targeted to me on Facebook. And it has three settings. It's got an omnidirectional mic setting, a directional mic. And then the third setting is just ASMR. And it uh, it makes me have like an anger attack every time I see it. I'm just like, no, you, you're just supposed to turn up the volume of the... Oh, we just build mics with that setting in them now. There's that many people doing ASMR that you just want to buy an ASMR-only microphone, uh, and then I consider going to my friend's studio and burning it down. Like, just, I guess we're done here. Nothing matters. Uh. <laughs> See, I didn't even know. I kind of thought people just, like, had a... I, I don't know. I thought it was, like, the mic was, like, better quality, and they spoke closer to it than... I just I just thought they spoke closer to it. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's what you... Yes. <laughs> Took, took, took off the pop filter. <laughs> we didn't spend 20 years having a setting built into the side of mics that said NPR. Like, it's not like we couldn't have done this. <laughs> so, does anyone have any things they've been doing for self-care lately that they want to share? Um, I've been very mute happy on Twitter. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I, I've been, like, leaning hard into muting words that not are necessarily, like, I'm sorry. How do I word this without saying sounding like an asshole? Um, like I'm um, sure. Sound like an asshole. I'm, I'm okay. I'm sure we've all seen the discourse on Ellen DeGeneres. Mm. I muted the word Ellen and the word DeGeneres. Uh, not because I disagreed with what anyone was saying. I just was like, I'm done hearing about this. I, I can't see, the same hot take for the 800th time from someone thinking they're the first person to tweet this hot take. I think the hottest so take like, of things all like is that. 2019 suggests that. Uh... George Bush may have done war crimes. It's brand new to me. I'd never heard of this before, so it's I find it a spicy, spicy take. But but yeah, that that idea that you have a mental commons in your head where different things try to come in and like graze in the, the that pasture that is your mind, and it'll get overgrazed if you don't like put some fences up. Yeah, and like you know, I've muted the word Taylor and the word Swift and the word Pokemon, and it's not because Aww, I I know T sweetie. <laughs> it's not because I necessarily hate any of those things. It's just I the thing. It's weird. The thing that'll bother me on Twitter is like when I like like you said, oh wow, this is a spicy take. I'm gonna say George Bush is a war criminal, and it's like yeah, no shit. Yeah. And those kind of things drive me nuts. Because even though, like we said, it's not that I disagree with the people saying them. It's just like, yeah, we've, we've said that. We covered this. Um, so like Decades ago. Yeah. So for me, those are like the kind of things I mute. Um, and I've been really leaning into it lately. Uh, like I tweeted the other day. I, feel, I forget what it was, but I like mentioned the word Pokemon. And I was like, and I realized it was because I muted that word. Oh, my God. Uh, you ghosted yourself. <laughs> I did. And so, like, things like that that, like, aren't things – it's not like you're, like – it's not like it's, like, I don't know. I'm not – that's not a hot take being, like, oh, I hate Nazis. Like, yeah, of course. But I'm not – like, I think it's, like, going further to, like, mute things that maybe are just annoying uh, to make your experience online less of a shit show. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I, I totally agree. Like, you have to curate your mental space. Yeah. I've still never muted I've a done word it so well. for a very uh, Jordan – uh, reason because like in my head I, I worry about uh, giving that, that by muting that word I'm giving that word power over me in some way which is why like I think that that's, that's how Jordan would think would explain something like that to me I know it's not his reason because he definitely mutes words <laughs> but like in my head I'm like I, I can't because then then Pokemon rules me uh, I put it on my list of, of evil powerful words 
I'm not great at self-care. Oh, I want to eventually, I will, I will mute the world. I will mute everything and just sit there in silence. Make that shirt. Make the shirt. Let the, mo- let the, mo- let the moss reclaim my bones. <laughs> I even, I'll mute, like, you know, you can, like, block or unfollow people. But I'll, if, when I do that, I will also mute their handle. So then even if someone quote tweets them, it won't show up, which is yes. a self-care. That's, that's, a, that's extra, yeah. <laughs> Eat that, my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Got some hot tips here, kids. <laughs> so now you know. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Brock? Uh, I have been doing this thing that uh, I've been hearing about for years and uh, considered that, like, man, I don't know if it's right for me or not. Uh, and it's called a standing up for yourself. It, it just never uh, seemed like it was the right fit for me. Uh, but uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, my ability to enter a situation feel like uh, it is not being very kind to me, whether it's work or personal, uh, and then very quickly just be like, hey, you know what? I don't like any of this, and I'm going to let everyone know. Uh, it's uh, it's actually turning out pretty well, and I'm surprised that I spent 35 years not using this uh, this life hack here. Uh, it is uh, It got me a promotion at work, but less hours. Don't know how that came about. Uh, I can tell that I'm going to be using it on some people coming up around the holidays. feel like that's going to pan out uh, middle <laughs> of the road. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's coming uh, just at the right time because also uh, without getting into specifics, uh, and you can probably extrapolate what I'm talking about by looking at the news, uh, any of the news lately, uh, there's a lot of stuff all of a sudden where uh, free speech or uh, standing up for what you believe in uh, can cost you a lot uh, because there are a lot of companies in the United States right now that are caving uh, to outside pressure. Uh, and I can see myself entering into some professional situations in the next few weeks where I might not give a shit about losing my job if I'm going to be able to look myself in the eye and know that I'm on the right side of history about something. And that feels uh, different and good. So we'll see how that plays out. It is it is wildly less stressful for some reason to go into this uh, instead of being like, how am I going to toe the line or make it okay in my own head? And instead just be like, nope. I'll just, uh, what if I just do the right thing? Doing the right thing. That's my self-care uh, for, for this week. <laughs> I love that. But, Brock, you, you always have this fallback on. Oh, uh, uh, yes, our money from being a potty award-winning podcast. <laughs> for, for everyone listening that's not getting the joke, Jordan joked earlier in our DM setting this up that we'd won a podcast award, and I literally did not know if we had or not. Life has been moving very fast for everyone lately, and if somebody had sent us an award and I didn't know about it, it would not have surprised me, except for the fact that we haven't released an episode in and I, months. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I thought I was making up the dumbest name for a podcast award ever by naming it The Potty, and that is a real award. Apparently. <laughs> I, on the other so, hand, was very confused when Brock took it seriously because I was like, oh, this is a joke, right? <laughs> is it not a joke? We're, we're perhaps a bad round I do like that our guest, our guest, it is nice that our guest immediately assumed that it's a joke that we would win an award, but that is Jordan, cool. what have you Jordan, been doing uh, for yourself lately? <laughs> Has it been this? <laughs> I went and got and started doing the testing for ADHD. And apparently I 98% do have ADHD. So um, just going and taking the time and the money to invest in figuring out things that have probably always been a problem for me. So my, my therapist hey, has great. it, and every once going to the doctor. To break, like, the, uh, get into the personal, but like once a week, she's like, 
hey, can I share this personal thing with you? I was like, oh, fuck, yes, please. That's what I'm paying for. And she's like, this is the thing that works for me. And I'm like, thank you for that brief aside. Like, it's as if the rest of the hour is like the stuff that she's supposed to say. And then these breaks from the like a direct to camera, like, actually, what would really work for ADHD is this thing. And I'm like, why, thank you. We'll keep it our secret for therapy. <laughs> I got an ADHD for dummies book. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like that's a difficult nice. read. I feel like I'd get distracted. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, what are we going to signal boost this week? Um, what have you been working on? Me? Uh, yeah. I have been working on my podcast. Uh, What's it about? It's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer slash pop culture podcast. Uh, Jordan has been a guest on for an episode. Uh, <laughs> we cover Buffy, every Buffy episode in order. We are halfway through season six. I've been gearing up for our 100th episode, which has been stressing me out. And then I'm going to take a little hiatus. And But we also cover like Marvel movies. We covered we did an episode on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina with one of the show writers. Uh, so I try to like expand, especially since, you know, Buffy only has seven seasons, so... What the hell am I going to do when right. it's over? You're going to have to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you uh, and I think I might do, like... Right there, so. I know. I You know, my worry is that, like, I like Angel. Don't say it. But I, <laughs> I know that, like, it's not as beloved, so I feel like it would, like... I don't know. I worry that people would stop even, listening. Even though it was better? Uh, yeah, I'm on that same Listen, team. Love. I feel like you, that's a better use of your podcast is to celebrate the uncelebrated thing. We're both in for it. <laughs> yeah, but I also would like to, like, I don't know. I want people to listen. I don't want it to be just two people being like, yes, this show is better than Buffy. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've been writing. I'm trying, crawling my way through my third novel, hoping it goes somewhere. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Is there a website? Yeah, where they can find all that stuff? I, uh, my podcast is SlayerFest98. Uh, we are on social at SlayerFest X98, and you can find us on like Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and a bunch of other places. Podcasts are hosted. I'm working on having like a actual site that you can go to to find everything and make it easier rather than like going to Twitter and clicking 10 things. Uh, but for now, that's you go to Twitter and click different things to find where we are. So we have an Etsy shop, we have a Patreon, we have yeah, the actual podcast episodes. Cool. My, um, signal boost is going to be something that is thematic for the for the show so there's a book called quiet houses by simon kurt unsworth and it is a really scary really good collection of short stories that are all tied together by a meta meta narrative about quiet places Mm. abandoned places so it is i read it this year and it's amazing it's out of print right now so it's kind of expensive if you look for it but they're, re- they're republishing it this awesome. month, I think, in an expanded version. So you look for Simon Kurt Unsworth um, on Twitter or whatever. He's been talking about um, the, the upcoming republishing of it in two formats, I think. They're going to do one that's just Quiet Houses and then one that's like the expanded, all the other related short stories that he's written in the same universe all kind of put together into an, a, a collected edition, like the Nakamata Payers or something like that. But yeah, so that's my Quiet Houses, Simon Kurt Unsworth. Cool. Now I'm interested in that. A few of them actually scared me. There were some good, like some of the stories are so eerie that I was like, ooh. <laughs> when you, like you, 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 you laugh from glee at how creepy something is out loud. All right. Every, everyone does that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to call you out, but. 
I don't know that that's normally my reaction, but you know, you do. <laughs> to you. fear. <laughs> no, you don't go, oh. <laughs> Jordan. All right, Brock, Brock. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'd like to uh, signal boost uh, my friend Chris Ligman. Chris Ligman uh, used to be uh, big in the games journalism world, and uh, thank Christ they got out of it. Uh, and uh, now they do a lot of localization work uh, and, and bounce around with some things like that. Uh, but localization work on individual games can take up like a month or two of your time, and then it's on to back to being on unemployment. So after uh, going through a lot of medical stuff uh, and so on and so forth, they have opened up a Patreon, uh, which is at uh, patreon.com backslash direchris, D-I-R-E-K-R-I-S. Chris is also somebody you might know because they made the game You Are Jeff Bezos, uh, which was a twine game that came out last year uh, in which you attempt to spend all of Jeff Bezos's money uh, and there's a lot of different paths that can go down, and it gets very weird very quickly. Uh, it is an incredible simulator of just how much money Jeff has, but also gets real far into like some weird crimes and anime and just what you could possibly, <laughs> possibly do and remake the world as if you were Jeff Bezos. Uh, they also have another Twine game that's called, uh, which, uh, like, You Are Jeff Bezos was written up in, like, Forbes and shit. So, like, that's a big, that's probably where you'd know them from. But also, uh, they have uh, oh, cool. a game called Pet Cats and Save the World, where you pet cats in order to save the world. They also have board. a game that's called Realistic Teen Witch Simulator, uh, which is a twine game about being a teenage girl, and you have a book of witchcraft, and it's it's the night of, like, the solstice or something. And you need to try and find these items uh, in order to perform a ritual, but you're just, like, in your parents' house while they're asleep. So you're trying to find things that, like, approximate what's in this old, like, witchcraft textbook and maybe get it all together in time to perform this ritual. And it is a realistic teen witch simulator, so the endings that you'll come into are a lot of, you know, well... I, I guess uh, nothing happened. Uh, and uh, what does this mean for the world and where I fit into it and, and where, where does hope live? It's great. It's so much fun. That sounds you amazing. I love it. If you're listening to this game, yeah, that. it's just, yeah, it's, and they're all free. Uh, and so, like, uh, yeah, the idea of throwing uh, five or ten bucks at Chris each month via their Patreon, uh, you can find them at Chris Ligman, K R I S L I G M A N on Twitter. They're a great follow there anyway always covering like cool stuff and they're so funny uh but uh yeah uh somebody that could uh, really use a few bucks and i think that what you get in return is is well worth it <laughs> so cool. where can we find you on the internet brock now that we're wrapping up this return episode i am at brock wilbur uh on all places i have a couple of other podcasts not a lot of them lately because the world has been busy uh i my my priorities lie with this one. Uh, and so when we aren't doing things here, I'm not doing things elsewhere. Uh, so uh, go check out my wife's writing at the Mary Sue.com. She did, she's been doing incredible work there for, for three years plus now. And uh, holy shit, is it hard to cover uh, politics day in and day out through a feminist lens? Uh, because it is, uh, it is quite bad out there. Yeah, you can, can find me on Twitter at, at hottest singles. Um, nowhere near as spicy as it sounds where I write, weird things also i have a patreon which is dread singles where i do write spicy things like some smut and some <laughs> every, everything from smut to necromancy so you know like if you like that gamut that's my patreon and i make t-shirts at voidmerch.net 
and georgeshively.com. And you can find Ian. My personal account on Instagram and Twitter is at Ian X Carlos. I keep the X in there for my name and my podcast. Kind of like a throwback to my straight edge days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Ian is a very fun person to follow on Twitter. So. Ian is a great follow. Ian oh, is also thanks. one of the first people that like one of us ever brought up as like, hey, we should have them as a guest on the show. And the other host immediately was like, I'm so mad I didn't think of them first. Like, we're so happy Ian was able to come do this today. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> this is validation. I need oh, this. I Thank you, boys. A good time this is a good, a good topic. We should have you on again. So start thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I already got some other subjects. That I can talk. I, I do this all the time with my podcast. So great. <laughs> and on my podcast, I try to let everyone else talk because I talk too much. So being a guest no, man, is fun. We, we want you to talk. Um, so this is nice to come back and have an episode after such a long break, but hopefully we'll be putting these out again more often, but with zero promises for continuity. And, and thank you to everyone that was a, both really appreciative of the break, but also, uh, thank you so, so doubly much to everyone that didn't, uh, enter into the mode of demanding shit from creators and being like, do one now dance for us monkey. Uh, so, uh, appreciate that we have cultivated, uh, such good people around us and such good people that understand who we are too. I think it's because every episode also we talk about how stressed out we are. <laughs> so like it's part of the the culture is now is like these two guys, man, they're kind of fragile. <laughs> you you know that wouldn't stop anyone on Twitter who really wanted yeah, to be true. like demanding. That's not yeah. uh, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's true. Well, it was good to hear everybody again and we look forward to seeing you in the next time and remember until then Keep your hearts dark and true and your teeth sharp and mini. See ya. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.